Welcome to the Wisdom of the Womb podcast, your home for mind, body, and soul wellness for women. My name is Stephanie Adler. I'm a certified nutrition consultant, birth doula, and women's hormone and fertility expert. I've supported hundreds of women in having healthy cycles, healthy babies, and building a balanced foundation in their bodies and minds to set them up for a limitless life. Now it's your turn. I believe a woman reaches her full potential when she trusts the innate wisdom of her body and that those women change the world. So if you're wanting to achieve hormone harmony, have boundless energy, optimize your fertility, live a holistically healthy life, and learn how to love and trust your body to become the well woman you know you are meant to be, you're in the right place. Join me for weekly wisdom on topics such as holistic hormone and gut health, fertility, mindfulness, birth, pregnancy, and beyond, and leave with actionable steps towards well womanhood. Thanks for pressing play today. I'm so excited for the magic we're going to create together. Let's dive in. Hello, podcast family. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Wisdom of the Womb podcast. I'm so excited about today's episode. We have an amazing guest speaker, and she and I are going to be talking about a topic that I just know is so relevant to this community. I've been having these conversations in and out of my coaching container week after week, month after month, year after year. And I'm so excited to bring someone else on the podcast to really just be able to expand more on the conversation around alcohol, sobriety, being sober curious, what is sobriety, how alcohol impacts our hormones and our gut health, and just so many other yummy, fun things. So joining us here today, I have Chelsea Holden, and she is an author, speaker, podcast host, sober mentor, certified quantum leap coach, and intuitive guide ladies. This lady does it all. She's a multi-passionate and multifaceted uh, entrepreneur. And that is an understatement. She utilizes various tools, including human design to guide self-led creatives to get curious about their sobriety and transform their higher self. And as someone who's just like recently started getting more into human design, I'm a projector. Like, I also feel like we totally should talk about that element of it. I feel like it's so interesting. Um, but yeah, welcome Chelsea. Tell us like introduce yourself beyond the bio. Uh, just tell us a little bit about where you live, what you love to do, who you are. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Stephanie. It's so great to be on your show and just, um, be in the energy of your amazing community and get to talk all the things. So yeah, beyond the bio, I am, I'm a native Texan. So I currently live in Texas. We are in, um, a Northern suburb of Houston, but I've kind of lived a little bit all over Texas. Um, I am a wife and a dog mama. I've got two fur babies. Um, I also take care of my sister-in-law full-time who has special needs. And she came to live with us about two years ago. Um, outside of that, yeah, I, I really, I I'm, I'm such a homebody these days. Like I'm so, I love being in my little Zen den and just reading and kind of being to myself and connecting with other amazing people on the internet, inside of Facebook groups on Instagram. And just really, I'm, I like to say I'm a student of life. So I'm just constantly like taking in information. Also part of my human design. Um, I have a one line, so I'm a researcher, investigator archetype, but yeah, we can totally talk about human design and all the things. I love that you're a projector. A lot of podcast hosts are projectors too. So it's quite, quite a beautiful space for you to be in, to share your wisdom. 
So interesting. Yeah. Like the Enneagram and the human design. Like I, it's so interesting. I did that back when the Enneagram was like more trendy than human design. Mm -hmm. I did that. And I found out, I think I'm an Enneagram seven. And like the funny thing about Enneagram sevens is that they don't care about the Enneagram. Like they're like, they're just like, (laughs) they're like pleasure seekers. And they're like, this doesn't matter. And I was like, that is so me. <laughs> when human design came around, or I heard about it, I know it's been around longer. Or I was kind of like in that same boat, but I have found I don't know that like I haven't done any sort of specialized like knowing my lines or the you know the wings or whatever else is it is. Um, but I have found a few of the projector qualities really do resonate, and I'd be so curious like how it connects to everything else we're going to talk about today. So we can come back to that for sure. But yeah, yeah, I'm so happy to have you here. So tell like something that I really appreciate about your work and the way that you do what you do. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on today is I think you have such a balanced and beautiful way about talking about sobriety. Mm -hmm. And it's such a hard topic, I think for a lot of people, especially in our society today. And so if you just want to go ahead and define what sobriety, like what, how do you define sobriety? Because I think that your definition is really going to blow people's minds. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Sobriety is a very heavy topic and it's funny. I was having a conversation with my financial advisor and she's like, I feel you when it comes to talking about, you know, money and sobriety, it's like, they're two heavy topics. So I really love to bring a light element to it and tell people that sobriety is your superpower and it starts with defining it. So the way that I define sobriety is it's the removal or the release of toxicity in relationships of any kind. So whether that's alcohol or substances, it can be our limiting beliefs that we're holding on to. It can also be, you know, careers or even people that are just toxic in our life and keeping us stuck or keeping us hindered from, you know, really growing and evolving into the person that we came here to be. Mm. And I resonate with that so much. And I love it so much because it's really how I define detox with my clients, you know, as someone who works with women to help their vessel, their body, Mm. enable them to be able to show up in their most authentic self in the way that they want to be in the world. We have to look at what is toxic, right? And sometimes that's endocrine disruptors that are like your face wash and, you know, what you're using to wash your clothes. And sometimes that's a toxic relationship or a job that isn't serving you, or maybe sometimes it's alcohol or another substance. And like, really just looking at it so holistically, I just absolutely love that approach. And, you know, when we were talking about doing this podcast, we brought up this idea of shades of sobriety. And so tell me a little bit more, because I really think it speaks so much to this, like really soft way that you have of approaching it where so many people in today's day and age, and I, this is actually a trauma response. We should do another podcast on this, but like, see everything in black and white, right? It's either sober or you're not. Yes, yes, yes. And I, and I love that. And I'm so glad you brought up that black and white. Like I don't see sobriety as black and white now on a personal level though, for me, alcohol is very black and white for me because I know if I just have one, it will turn into multiple. And then I'm just like, 
a hot mess and like not fun to be around. And that can be the case for a lot of us, but really, you know, we're also unique. We're all, you know, as you know, and working with women and individualizing, you know, health plans and things like that, we have to look holistically at the person, you know, look at our different levels, look at our stressors, our life, like what we're doing for a living. And inside of that, we're going to have different reactions to alcohol or substances or whatever that toxic relationship is in our life. So if we can just like zoom out and like, you know, take the stigma out of being sober. And, you know, if you don't feel resonant with the term addict, because I didn't, you know, like give yourself some grace there and extend some compassion and just like play around with it. So really when I look at shades of sobriety, it's just giving ourselves permission to kind of play with it, right? Like get curious, like that term sober curious is, you know, growing more and more in popularity now. And then there's sober ish. And then there's like the Cali sober, right? Which is like, you don't drink, but you still smoke pot. Right. So it's like (laughs) all of these different things that we can have in our life that it may affect me one way, but it doesn't affect my husband the same, you know? So it's just like, how can you just get curious and like experiment with what your shade of sobriety is and then take ownership of it and, and don't be ashamed of it. Right. And just really like lean into it. And then maybe you add on another thing that you want to release from your life, you know, or release the thing instead of adding it on, you know, or just, again, just letting your curiosity lead you and having fun with it along the way. Yeah. And I I actually really would love to hear more about your individual experience, navigating your relationship with alcohol and coming to your shade of sobriety and like how you determined that. Um, and I also want to put a pin in this because I think it's so interesting around like this idea of releasing Mm -hmm. And and instead of being like something like that, I'm giving up. Mm -hmm. Right. But like, what are we gaining in return? And I think so often, like when we hear the term release, like there is that sense of, right. As opposed to like restriction or, you know, I'm giving up something like the, the, the term release itself is so powerful. And I think there's so much that a lot of people gain when they start to find their individual shade of sobriety. So I do want to put a pin in that because I definitely want to come back to it, but I'm so curious about your specific, unique experience. If you feel open to sharing, because I think yeah. for so many people, it's so valuable to hear someone else share their story around Hey, this is where I was at with alcohol. This is how I knew it wasn't serving me. And like, this is what I did about it and how I owned it. Yeah, totally. And I, I'm a completely open book. So anybody listening to, you know, it, because it's such a heavy topic, I just invite you if, if you're here or something resonates and you want to reach out and, you know, ask me more questions, like I'm here for you in all of that. Um, and I, and I love what you said. I'm excited to talk about the releasing too, because again, that word is, it's just like this exhale of it. But for me personally, um, you know, I grew up, I grew up in South Texas and our way of socializing and like what we did for entertainment was drink. There wasn't really anything else to do. So at a very young age, probably 16, I would say I really started drinking because I was right next to the Mexico border. So it wasn't like unheard of for us to go right after class or skip school and just go across the border and drink because we could, and we could do it really cheaply. So, you know, from then on, it just kind of carried on and into 
I would say like 18s and my early 20s, you know, then that was when more heavier drugs started to like come into play. And then I was into the rave scene and all of that fun stuff. You know, it was just, it was kind of a shit show there for a while. But, you know, I I was always of the belief of, well, you got to try it once. And that was kind of how I lived my life and, and still do to a certain extent. Um, so I just... I never really saw it as a problem. I just thought like, this is what people do. This is who I am. This is how we socialize. And even when I got into the corporate world, it was like, okay, well now this is how we network and this is how we celebrate, right? It's with popping a bottle of champagne or it's happy hours, you know, and connecting with our colleagues and so on and so forth. Not really paying attention to the fact like, this is not serving me you know, and it got to a point where I realized I, you know, we would, we would sit on our, our friends back patios and we'd open up, you know, probably the fourth or fifth bottle of wine for that evening. You're not even really enjoying it at that point. You're having the same freaking conversations over and over again. And what I always loved talking about was what are we going to do with our lives? Like these dreams, you know, and I felt like, okay, I'm continuing to talk about this stuff, but nobody's actually doing anything, you know? Mm. And that's kind of where I felt like I was just like stuck on, on the hamster wheel of having these big dreams for my life, wanting to, to progress and, and move forward and do things differently, but not, not doing anything, you know, and alcohol was a big hindrance for that. So there was a point in 2012 when my husband and I were first dating and I think we had gotten into an argument, alcohol induced. And I was like, that's it. I'm done. I went home for a couple of weeks to, you know, do like a, a detox, if you will, just to get away from my environment. And I came back and I was alcohol free for six months at that point. You know, I was still smoking pot because that was the way I could cope and release and have fun. And then we went to a wedding in New Orleans and it was a big, beautiful wedding and lavish. And I had this FOMO. You know, I was just like, everybody was having champagne and these fancy cocktails. And I was like, I can't even do this. I can't enjoy this. Like this sucks, you know, but still having a good time. And then I was like, well, maybe I can, you know, it's, it's been six months and we'll try it out. So while that night I, I did start drinking again, um, you know, and, and didn't really feel the effects of it, so to speak, then it just kind of like kept on going, you know, it was like, I opened up Pandora's box and I just broke the seal and kept on drinking after that. And I would take like 30 days off here and there, or a couple days, a couple weeks off here and there. And finally to the point, um, back in 2019, I think, you know, there was just, there was several weekends in a row where I was having arguments with my husband um, or we'd be out with friends and I'd wake up the next day and I would have a hangover, but I would look at my husband and he was just done, like just upset with me for something I had done, said, or did while I was drinking. And I couldn't understand it because I would black out and I wouldn't remember. And so then it was like, it not only was I 
ruining my marriage, then I was also like in this swarm of shame and guilt and beating myself up. And the only thing that was making me feel better at the time was to just get through the week by Wednesday, I started feeling better. And then by Thursday, Friday, it was like, okay, we're good now. I'm good. Let's have some drinks again. You know? So it was just like this vicious cycle over and over again. And I finally was like, I said, I'm done. Like I I'm so done. I wouldn't say I necessarily hit a rock bottom from like a physical standpoint, but emotionally I was just drained and tired and, you know, I made a promise to myself. I made a power promise and I said, okay, for 30 days, that's it for 30 days. I'm just done. No alcohol. Anything else is, is on the table. You know, I wasn't concerned with what I was eating. I was still smoking cigarettes, you know, pot. There was probably some other recreational drugs in there at that point too. It was just like, the only thing I know that is not serving me right now is alcohol. So that's the only thing I'm focused on clearing out and releasing. And I got through those 30 days, no problem. And then I decided to tack on another 36 and then it was just like, you know, the momentum started and the confidence started building and I gained clarity of thought and it was like, okay, like I've got this ambition for starting my podcast, you know, and, and I got that ball rolling and it's just like, everything just kind of fell into place after that. So you know, and, and then here we are and that's essentially, that's it. So next month I'll be celebrating four years, um, without alcohol. And it's, it's been the best decision, albeit not always the easiest one. So for anybody out there that is curious, like it does get easier to say yes to yourself. And at the same time, there are moments when, you know, we, we do have to kind of grieve that old identity and, um, and allow ourselves to like feel whatever is coming up for us in the moment too. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a, what a powerful story. Thank you so Thank much you. for sharing. And Oh my God. I don't know if you can hear that. There's just like some crazy thunder happening outside. All of a oh, sudden, no. you know, it was going to rain today. So I'm glad you can't hear it. Anyone else who's listening, maybe you'll get a little, um, a little, background cozy noise. Um, but yeah, what a powerful story. And I think something, you know, that I've spoken about in a previous podcast around like navigating a new relationship with alcohol is there's a line between alcoholism. And also I think that like people think it's like either you're an alcoholic or you're not. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a lot of gray in between, right? Not everything is black and white. And we do have this area of alcohol isn't serving me. Maybe it's not serving my physical body. Right. And we can expand more on that in a little bit and the ways that it impacts your body. Maybe it's not serving my relationships. Maybe it's not serving my ambition. Like, I love how you spoke to that because I mean, I definitely have witnessed people in my life, you know, my, my husband, for example, is works, you know, at a, for a hedge fund at a very corporate, you know, job and also like spends a lot of time on his side business with the intention of that being able to, you know, grow and grow and grow. And, you know, that he like puts in nights and he puts in weekends and he, and I know so many other people who have these ideas and I see them regularly. It's like, okay, but I had a hard day at work. And so I'm going to relax with a glass of wine or two. And then 
little did you know the whole week passed by and maybe you didn't put the effort into the podcast or you didn't put the effort into the things. And so I love how you speak to that ambition element too, and how the alcohol was potentially a hindrance there for you. Yeah. 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 We had to take a tiny intermission because of some really radical weather here, but I'm so glad to be back about this because I'm just loving this conversation so much because I think, yeah, like there's so many potential substances that are toxic to our lives, whether it's alcohol, another substance, you know, whatever it is. And I just really love how you spoke to that holistic piece around my relationship, my ambition, Mm -hmm. potentially your body, even if you weren't really thinking about that yet, you know, and just like really expanded on that. Yeah. I I really so appreciate that. It's so valuable. And I want to kind of talk to this piece around mourning that you brought up. Yeah. Because I think that for a lot of the women I work with, this is something I see. Mm-hmm. It's mourning the, you know, I'm the fun one who goes out to happy hour and like gets a little silly after I've had a few margaritas or yeah. mourning the connection that you feel like you get with a new coworker or a partner, right? Like there are so many of these ways which in which we've been conditioned to say that alcohol is the, the binder, right? And so how do you, how do you navigate that with people that you're coaching when it comes to sobriety? Because I think that that is like the FOMO or the like mourning of who I once was with alcohol, even if you don't consider yourself like a huge drinker, but like you have this identity around it in some way. How do you, how do you help people navigate that? Because I think that can be a really big hindrance to people showing up in the way that they want to, when it comes to their relationship with alcohol. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is, this is such a key piece. And I think it's something that people don't discuss often too, because there is, there is that loss of identity. And what I want to just like empower the listeners with right now is like, you get to be whoever the fuck you want anytime you want to like, truly you get to change yourself and your identity anytime. So, you know, don't, um, don't believe that it's just the alcohol or it's just the substance that makes you fun and makes you who you are, because that's entirely untrue. And it's just, again, something that we've been conditioned to believe and we, you know, get to choose again and again and again, over and over. So what, when it comes to like working with my clients and people on this is like, really, I I'm just fully transparent with it. Like there, there are going to be losses in your life. Like you are going to go through this, like no matter what, and whether that is the loss of the identity, the loss of, you know, being the party girl, the weekend warrior, Um, that would, that felt true for me. You know, I was a former bartender too, for a long time. It's actually how I met my husband. And, you know, there's, there's been a big grieving period, even in my own marriage, because alcohol was a huge part of how we had fun together and how we enjoyed each other's company, you know, albeit enjoyed our company to a certain extent. And then it was just like a, a switch flipped. Right. So Really, I think it it just comes down to being honest with ourselves and honest with the fact that this this is going to be a process. And if we are in it for the long term, then that's just part of life in general. You know, there's always going to be change. We're always going to grow. We're continually evolving, and that's the point of life. So, you know, when it comes to 
really navigating that it's, it's just understanding. It's understanding like what is important to you, what your values are. And if those people, if that career, if, um, you know, those beliefs aren't aligned with your values and what is at the core of who you are and why you're here, then you just get to choose, like, am I going to hold on to this out of comfort sake, or am I going to do what's maybe the scary or hard thing and, and choose myself and choose this, this path that I'm being called forward to, to live because it does, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. It does take a lot of bravery and a lot of courage to do it, but it also gets to be fun again too, you know, like, like what I like to say is, you know, you know, where, where this road is taking you because you've been on it for so long. And so if you're curious and you want to switch things up, no matter what it is in life, right. We're talking about sobriety on this episode, but anything in life can take you down a different road. And so it's just like, are you going to let yourself just, you know, be, be in like childlike wonder and let yourself explore that new road in this new Avenue? Or are you going to stay on what's comfortable, right? Everything is going to feel a little uncomfortable, but that's what stretches us. And that's what allows us to become the best versions of ourselves, too. So, you know, just, just know that it's inevitable and as is life, um, that we are going to lose things. I've lost many friends. I've lost, you know, many forms of myself, so to speak, that I thought I was and who I needed to be for other people. Um, but I also know that I'm here to serve a greater mission. I'm here to have bigger conversations and not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody's going to come along for the ride. So, but that's okay. I'm, I'm trusting. It takes a lot of trust. It takes a lot of faith, which is a key element of, you know, the work that I do with my clients too, is really building this solid foundation of like, your faith, your faith in yourself, a faith in a higher power, a faith in this mission that you're on too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. And I think that, you know, going back to that piece where we talked about with the release, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, sometimes we have to let things go in order to invite new, beautiful opportunities, identities, relationships in. And sometimes that's scary because it's like the uncertainty of what hasn't shown up yet. Um, but if, you know, the way that I talk about it, you use the word faith, you know, the way that I talk about it is like a trust piece in like, you know, trusting your body, trusting your intuition, trusting yourself. Right. And when I actually think it's a little bit of the chicken and the egg, Mm -hmm. you know, we build that trust by showing up for our highest self. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, like it's easier to show up for that highest self when we trust that I'm going to be able to like believe in her and follow through. And I think a lot of that starts with, you know, following a little voice in your mind. That's like, maybe this is something I'm going to be interested in. And I'll be the first one to say, and again, if you haven't listened to my last podcast on navigating a new relationship with alcohol, there's so many amazing themes here that I feel like will really feed into this conversation. So go and listen to that. But I mean, I will speak for myself. I'm not completely sober, right? I like definitely play with this gray of sobriety. Um, and I can go three months without a drink and not think anything of it. Or I could be, you know, like on vacation in Mexico and have three drinks in a night and not think anything of it. Right. And like, that is how I've really 
been able to determine for me, like, when does this serve me and what circumstance does it serve me? And when does it not Yeah, feel really like I can trust myself to make those decisions and feel really confident in it. And that is what works for me. And like, that's going to be different for every single person based on their experiences there. Actually, when you talked about the <laughs> being a bartender, I had this yeah. flashback to when I was out of college. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe it's like so funny thinking about, you know, old versions of yourselves. And yeah. I, I was a bartender when I was in it, like I did an internship in like at an NGO at a nonprofit organization, but they weren't paying me. And my parents were like, you're off the payroll girlfriend, you know, <laughs> been supporting you long enough. <laughs> I mean, they were still helping me a little bit, but I had to get a job. And so I was like, great. I, if I'm working during the day, what kind of work can I do in the evenings? I'll bartend. And I actually got fired because I got, I blacked out behind the bar. Oh, and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was like so wild. Like I didn't remember even blacking out behind the bar, you know, like I just, yeah. there was like parts of the night that got fuzzy and I was like, okay. And I showed up for work the next day works the whole next shift. And then at the end of the shift, the owner called me in and was like, you're fired. I was like, what? <laughs> but it's just like, so funny thinking back to that, right? Like as you know, where I'm at in my relationship with alcohol now, I, I don't think I could ever get to that place. Like, cause I trust it. And like, it just wouldn't feel good on my body. I know the implications it has on my hormones, my gut, et cetera. And I just wouldn't happen. But but yeah, anyways, it was just funny when you brought that up. I was like, oh yeah, I used to be a bartender once. That didn't well. <laughs> Oh my God. And I think it all started with some guy buying me shots, you know? Yeah, so, I'm you sure. Know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, like I think there's just so much to gain from starting to question. Right. Hey, like our society seems to think that alcohol is the glue that holds us together, whether you're stressed out, whether you're celebrating, whether you're trying to go on a date or make a new friend or whatever it is like, you know, it really seems to be this like, you know, overpowering thing. And if we can just start to question that and be like, okay, well, what does it look like for me? Right. We have an opportunity to release maybe something that isn't serving us or not, depending on, you know, what your relationship with alcohol already is and the opportunity to gain so, so much. So I, yeah, I, I yeah. love what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that story about, um, you know, just bartending too. I mean, gosh, there's, there's so many wild nights. I'm sure like that'll just, after this conversation, I'll probably start remembering too. Um, but I think like some key things of what you said there too, is, you know, it is like creating the space when we release anything, you know, and, and when you were on my podcast and talking about the womb and, and how it's an open space. Right. And, and that the picture of the empty drawer in our house, right. Like it's, I think it comes down to intentionality and what I, what I hope that, you know, the listeners gain from this too, is like, there is no right or wrong way to be sober. And that to me is the shades of sobriety. It is specifically what's right for you, how you feel with it. And again, to, to explore, to be adventurous with it, to get curious. Um, I think it is important to create a baseline though, to, so, you know, like when you do start maybe introducing alcohol again, you have like a control, so to speak, if you're looking at it from like a scientific experiment perspective, um, and, and then just decide from there, you know, and, and nobody gets to tell you what is right for your body. Like you have that power. And I think it's just important to, to say with anything in life, you know, 
you get to choose who you give your power to and what you give your power to. And I think for a lot of us, we are are told that alcohol is so socially acceptable. It is a social lubricant. And so it's easy for us to unknowingly or unconsciously give our power away to it, but you don't have to, and you get to decide and you get to choose. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, I love the way you talked about it with the control. It's the same thing. Like when we're doing an elimination diet, if someone mm-hmm. is working on their hormones or their gut health and they're like, but can I have a little bit of gluten stuff? Yeah. Like, no, because we need like maybe in the future, but like, we need to be able to identify the control. Exactly. Like yeah. we need to, uh, to identify when we reintroduce this thing, do you have symptoms when we reintroduce this thing to your life? Does something change? And so, I mean, it's interesting because I think a lot of my clients inadvertently do an alcohol elimination diet when they start working with me, because, yeah. you know, when we're thinking about gut health, when we're thinking about hormones, it really changes the game, you know, alcohol negatively impacts your cortisol, right? Mm-hmm. Which it's also a depressant. I think people forget about that. So it negatively impacts your sleep and sleep is like one of the most important things when it comes to hormones. Right. Right. So important. And so if you're like drinking regularly and having interrupted sleep because of it, not only are we not getting good temp data and everyone knows I love good temp basal body temperature data, but like, we're also just like not getting adequate rest. And then we're also impacting our stress level or our stress hormones more, which impacts the adrenals. And it's going to make them sluggish. And then we're also having an estrogen relationship here where it, you know, even one drink can impact your estrogen levels five to 15%. Wow. One drink. And wow. so like, you know, three drinks a week, while that doesn't maybe seem crazy by any, you know, normal means could increase your estrogen levels 15 to 35% a week or no 45% a week. Wow. Math is clearly not my strong suit at 39 weeks pregnant, <laughs> you know? And so just like really a lot of times with clients, I say, right, here are some things that I want us to cut out for a period of time to return to homeostasis, to return to balance in the body. And I found that a lot of them find so much freedom with the not drinking. And that was something they were just not expecting. Right. And it's like, we almost like, I'm not doing it in a way to be like, I want you to be sober for 90 days from that perspective, but they're, they become illuminated, like what becomes illuminated for them is some of the ways that maybe they were drinking without even really wanting to, or drinking because it was what they thought was expected of them and how freeing it is to be able to be like, Oh, I don't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, I love the aspect of freedom. Um, it's my tag, my, my tag, my handle on, um, Instagram too, is the freedom coach, because there is that level of freedom that you get when you're not tied to this external thing anymore. So yeah, that that's so awesome. And so beautiful too, because it is, you know, I think like, again, coming back to that, that shades of sobriety too, and like having your power back and everything, you know, when it comes to that, it truly is like, you don't have to stay sober forever. And I think that's the most daunting thing is when people think like, Oh, I'm going to get sober is like, well, how long, you know, and like, I, I can't do that forever. Like nobody's asking you to, you know, and like yeah. nobody's asking you to. So again, it's, it always comes back to that piece of curiosity and just really seeing what does serve you, you know? And I even think about it for myself sometimes too. Like, I wonder if I'll ever drink again. And, and maybe at some point right now, it doesn't sound appealing to me at all, but I don't know what's going to happen in the future. So, you know, nobody does. Yeah. And not, you know, holding yourself to it in a way like a religion, right. And yeah, just like, being- exactly 
like, this is something I'm doing right now because it feels good for me. And one of the ways that I really coach my clients um, when they're, especially in social situations and they're starting to make changes around their diet or drinking or anything really is an, I feel best when statement. Mm, and I love that. Just like really owning, you know, someone's like, well, why aren't you drinking? Like, I feel best when I wake up and I'm not hungover. Or I feel best when I have one drink and then I switch to water or whatever your, I feel best when is and recognizing like that can change over the course of your life, depending on the state of your body, the state of your marriage, like all of these things. Right. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I love like that reminder that we're not married to any change that we make mm-hmm. in our bodies or with our choices. And we get to just show up every day and be like, what feels true and authentic for me. Yeah. 1000%. I love that so much. This has been such a nourishing conversation. And I think it's going to just speak so much to so many of the women who I know are listening to this and are curious around what toxic substances in their life they may serve to gain by, or more toxic, what toxic circumstances in their life by getting curious around and releasing their attachment to in one way or the other, whether it's cold Turkey or, you know, just playing with it, have an opportunity to gain so much in the way that they show up in the world. I'm curious if you have just any final words for someone who's listening to this, who, you know, doesn't really know what their relationship with alcohol is or is not doing for them or to them and is curious, but doesn't really know where to go next. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been such a treat and I agree such a nourishing conversation and so beautiful. And it's always just so fun to talk about it. Um, you know, just in general. So I would say like awareness is key that just plain and simple awareness is key. So, you know, starting now, starting today, starting this evening, whenever you listen to this podcast, you know, really just pay attention and be mindful of where you're at, you know, what are the thoughts you're having? How is your body feeling? What emotions are coming up for you? You know, like what, what decisions are you making? And just like really pay attention to that and pay attention to that over the day, over the course of the week, over the month. And, you know, take note. Um, I'm a huge believer and fan of journaling because I, I think it's, not only therapeutic, but it's great documentation for us to go back and like really look at where we were at that stage in our life. Um, So if you have been journaling, that's a great way to gain some perspective on things too. Um, But yeah, I just think it, I think it really comes down to awareness and checking in with yourself, you know, and if you don't have a practice of of doing that, then seek out the support, you know, there's support available to us from anywhere and everything podcasts like this one to books, to, you know, Facebook groups, to people online. Um, and I'm a, I'm a spiritual coach too. So I believe that there's support in the realm of spirit guides and angels here guiding us all the time. So, you know, whatever feels resonant for you, just reach out for that support, ask for it. And, and my God, please don't be ashamed. Please don't be ashamed of it. It is the most empowering thing you can do when you start to take control of your life and of your body and how you're showing up. Mm. Such wise words from such a wise woman. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. How can uh, our listeners get in touch with you? 
Yeah. Thank you so much again. This has been such a gift. Um, so I hang out on Instagram all the time. My handle is the Chelsea Holden. You can come find me over there. Um, there's the link in my bio has all of the fun stuff. I, you know, we touched a little on human design, so I do human design readings and then, um, have private coaching as well. And then I have two books that just came out also. So you can check those out on Amazon also. Um, yeah, but just come say hi. I would love to connect with you. I'd love to know what resonated, any takeaways, or if you're struggling with anything too, I'd love to offer support. Mm. Wow. I'm, I, we should do another podcast on human design because we didn't get yes. to talk about that, but I think it's going to be interesting. Um, but yes, everyone go, we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. So we'll have your, all your links there. So everyone can go and find you there, but we're just so grateful for you coming on today. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with our community. And I know I gained so much from this conversation and I'm just so excited for everyone else to have some really big takeaways too. Yay. Thanks everyone. Mm-hmm.